I love my people. I love my people, man, with a passion, with a capital P. Because San Francisco, man, is one of the greatest cities on the planet. And I've been all over the world. You know what I mean? I've been to Israel. I've been to Africa. I've been to the Philippines. I've been to New York. And they say, if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. If you can make it and survive in San Francisco, then you can love the whole world. You can change it and love the whole world. That was Rudy Corpuz of United Players. I'm Jeff. And this is Storied San Francisco, a podcast all about the artists, activists, and small businesses that make this city unique. Welcome to episode four of season six on this show. I've known about United Players for some years, predating my time doing this podcast even. Rudy has been on my wish list of guests, especially after Uncle Damien mentioned him and his work back in season two. I was thrilled to sit down with this inspiring human to hear his life story. It's one filled with so many ups and downs, so much adversity, but there's inspiration there too. Here's Rudy. First of all, peace and blessings. Thank you for having me. Mm -hmm. And we're already here, November the 2nd, 2023. Here we are. And so uh, we are here in a South of Market of San Francisco, District 6, um, 120-year history of Filipinos in this neighborhood. Um, I'm born and raised in San Francisco. I'm Filipino. Um, Grew up all my life around this area. And um, I'm very blessed and honored to be in a neighborhood that has so much resiliency and so much, um, I would say, um, the spirit a love. I saw you. We'll get to this later, but I, I spotted you in the crowd at last week's Undiscovered or whenever that I can't do time anymore. But that last one that they did a couple weekends ago, Jeff, you saw me. I spotted you, across, oh, and that's man. what reminded me. I was like, I got to reach out to Rudy again to try to get him on the show. But um, I just I just cheated and said your first name. If you could say your name, how you like to be, Rudy. I mean, you know, everybody that really know me calls me Root, short for Rudy. Yeah. That's it. I wrote. Yep. What it don't do. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. It. Okay. Well, uh, like I said, however, and and you could just start with your life if you want. But if you want to go back to sort of any ancestors and setting the stage sure. for your arrival on this earth. Um, thank you for asking, Jeff. So, my family, um, my mom and dad, came from the Philippines. Okay. By a way of being in the service. My dad was a master sergeant in the army and he traveled to uh, certain parts of America. My understanding is when he first came out here, he was in Boston. Okay. And then um, I believe moved to Seattle and in San Pedro and then I believe San Francisco. A lot of port towns there. And when we came to San Francisco, my family, I wasn't born yet. We was actually um, in the uh, um, dist- uh, Hunters Point area. Okay. Right, Third Street. Right on the bay. Yeah, we was right over there. there. That's what I was told. I wasn't born, though. Okay. But, you know, I hear the stories from my older brothers. I'm the youngest of nine. Okay. And, um, you know, my, my mom and dad rest in peace. You know what mm. I mean? They're, they're, yep. they're deceased right now. And uh, But from there, they moved to the South of Market. Okay. 1285 Howard Street. 
off a of night just down the street here that's right Okay. That's right. So when uh, when your dad was doing all that moving around Boston, Seattle, all these other places, were your mom and dad already together with each other moving Correct. around? Yes, okay. they were. Maybe yes, some of was. your older siblings maybe around yes. during some of that? So okay. some of my brothers was born in Boston. Um, Got it. Well, some of my siblings, I believe the eldest were born in the Philippines. Okay. Right? Okay. I believe so. So your mom and dad came over here with at least a kid or two. A couple of kids. And uh, Wow. And then I know some of them was born in Boston. And then I think, if I'm not mistaken, in uh, you know San Pedro area. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just making it up. That That's fine. Yeah. But I know I was born in San Francisco. Me, one of my sisters, and one of my brothers. Got it. And you're not only born, as if born and raised. I'm a first generation. Hell yeah. Okay. You know I mean, in the South of Market, I'm a Soma boy for real, for real. Hell yeah. And um, you don't have to, if you don't want to, say your age, but can you tell us roughly what maybe decade you came in? I'm at halftime of my life. <laughs> you know what I mean? 50. 50? I just turned 50 last month. Did you? In October? Uh, September. September. Happy belated yeah. birthday, brother. To you too. Right on, man. Okay. Yeah, I'm at halftime, man. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm very blessed to be here. Very grateful that I'm here because, uh, you know, I escaped death several times. Okay. But God has got me still here. Okay. God is the greatest. You, I can confirm for listeners you're here. Yes. <laughs> can, we, can we back up just right a little here. bit? So, so I do now know uh, that you were born in the 70s. Probably did. You probably have some memories from the 70s and definitely from the 80s. Can you tell us about your experiences Sure. And were y'all already in South of Market? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so, so I was born at Letterman's Hospital. Okay. That's in Presidio. Mm-hmm. It, it was. It ain't there no more. Right. Right. And so the street name's still there, I think. Is it? The, well, Letterman. Well, yeah. I need to go take a visit. I always thought it was that's David Letterman. Was, that's but. why I was born. <laughs> okay. Right. And, but my mom and them resided though at 1285 Howard Street. Okay. Right off of Ninth Street, and so that was the first home that I lived in, right. And uh, growing up in the South of Market, you have to be, you you have to know how to read the signs to know how to survive. Because mm-hmm. this was a real thriving community. And as me growing up, you know, I'm Filipino. I grew up with a lot of different nationalities, Latinos, okay. Samoans, blacks, in your other Filipinos. In this neighborhood. neighborhood South of Market. Right, All neighborhood. throughout these alleys was families. Right. A lot of families. Right. And, um, you know, um, that's my cat over there. Shout out to Rosie. <laughs> I got five cats in my bed. I rescue cats. Nice. Yeah, I love animals. And so, um, anyway, navigating through this neighborhood and this community, you know, it was um, a lot of other ethnicities and families growing up. In this area, you know, we wasn't rich. Mm-hmm. We wasn't poor, but we wasn't rich. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so we learned a lot at a young age because me and a lot of my friends, we put a gang together. We'd go down Market Street. You know, uh, the Emporium, oh, yeah. the St. Francis Theater, the Woolworths, mm. you know what I mean? The Fun Center, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Kaplan's. And we used to run up and down Barker Street. But okay. what I really, really, really learned about community and growing up other than my house and in my community, there was a community center called Cannon Kill. Okay. Can you tell us about that? I'm 8th and Natoma, 705 Natoma. Okay. Cannon Kill, right? Filipino? Or? Well, it was Filipinos there. Yeah. Right? Okay. And so there was a Filipino community center called West Bay. Okay. So they was here. Kanye Kip was here. 
right? Mm -hmm. 705 Natoma, mm -hmm. right off of uh, 8th Street. Okay. And as a young kid, I would go there because that's where all my brothers and sisters would go. And there was a lot of people who guided us and teach us, uh, taught us. What kind of things would you would you all do when you when you go to the So, you know, there was centers? a lot of things there. I mean, you know, they, there was a basketball gym there. It was recreation there. Right but on. they would teach us. They would have study halls. Okay. Right? They would take us to events, mm -hmm. you know, to the Oakland Coliseum. Oh, Field trips. Field trips. They'd Hell take yeah. us to Blackberry Farm. They'd take us to Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk. Oh, yeah. You know, these are the things I remember as a kid having fun. Sure. And Candy Kip gave me some of my best memories because there was a lot of older people who was there who would teach the younger people. And they would look after us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I swear to God, what I do now contributes to what I, Candy Kip had taught me. That's awesome. Straight up. I, yep. give, I give props to... To everybody who was directors at Candy Kip, there's so many of them. Yeah. One of them just recently passed away. Okay. Good friend of mine named Roy Harrison. I'm sorry to hear. He was one of the directors there. Miss Stribling was there. Joe Marshall was one of them. Um, there was so many people who I remember. Eugene Coleman mm -hmm. was there, mm -hmm. right? These people are all in what you do. I would 100%. Guess. Yeah. So when I was a little kid growing up, they was doing this, but I never understood. Right. I just was there, you know, hanging like wet laundry and kicking it. You're a kid. You know what I mean? Yeah, having fun, playing basketball, mm -hmm. enjoying the uh, events they would throw throughout the years, the Halloween mm -hmm. parties, mm -hmm. the Christmas parties. And, um, you know, they would give us, take us on a uh, Christmas shopping to the Macy's. Okay. You know, all these things as a kid, I would participate. What was more important was the people who was there right the community they made the community and yep. it wasn't just one nationality that was there mm -hmm. you know it was whites it was blacks it was man everybody black white peppermint stripe everything in the middle <laughs> and it was a community where we yeah. all looked after each other that's dope man. you said you and your friends ran around market street what were y'all doing running up and down market street oh man just uh or at least what can you tell us that you did <laughs> yeah i mean you know we was having fun you know what right. i mean market yeah, street kids. back then it ain't like it is now right it was really, man, a place you can go kick it. They had the fun center down there, all the games, the arcade. We'd we'll go arcades, to the movie yeah. theaters, over to the St. Francis Theater, mm -hmm. the cinema, you know, and we'll be hanging. It'd be a place just to kick it. Mm -hmm. And a lot was going on down there. And, you know, I had my little, me and my crew would be down there. Okay. You know what I mean? Me and some of the guys from the South of Market in the Tenderloin, we all hung together. Right. And we would go down there. Shout out to my guys out there in the TL. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. All my brothers out there. Yep. Okay. And this was. The 80s, let's say. Yep. Yeah. Um, late 70s, early 80s. Early 80s. Okay. Did you spend any or significant time in any other parts of San Francisco back then? Yes, I have. Okay. I mean, I would go to other parts of San Francisco because uh, I have friends. Right. You know, right. Trail Hill was one of them because, mm -hmm. you know, I went to school. A Buena Vista. I was going to ask you to let's, let's let's hear all the schools you went to. So I went to Buena Vista. Okay. And then Patrick Henry. Okay. And then Churl Hill Middle School. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and then high school, Mission High School. You okay. Know, and then, you know, I, I was at Bessie. You know, in the neighborhood. Okay. Balboa. Mm -hmm. But I mean, these are the schools that were my core schools that I went to. But when I was going to other schools, I would meet other friends from other neighborhoods, and I would go up to. To their hoods. And kick it with them at their neighborhood. And Petrero Hill was one of the neighborhoods I used to be at. Okay. Shout out to everybody on that hill. That's right. I'm, I'm serious. Missouri Block, Connecticut Block, Dakota, 25th. That whole hill gave me a lot of game. Okay. A lot of wisdom. Nice. You know what I mean? Yep. Gave me the isms. Yeah. That's okay. Right there. And then uh, 
one more curiosity that I have. I wasn't. I I arrived here in 2000, so I wasn't here in the 80s yet. What was um, you like before that? Texas. Is out in Texas, huh? I was a Cowboys fan. Just. That's in my pet. Was one of my favorite football players. Oh, he was dope. Yeah, number thirty-three. Yeah, that's all behind me now, though. I'm TD. San, San Francisco, twenty-three years. But um, I I do have curiosity about what it was like back then. Here in San so, Francisco. Yeah. So when you say you were getting around doing this and that, going over to Portrayal Hill, how would you get places? Like, how would I get to places? Bike, bus. When walk. I was young. I'd be on the bus, the 19 Polk, the, the 5 train, the 14 Polk. Mission, oh, the yeah. third, uh, 15 Third. Yep. You know what I mean? I would get on all these buses. And, you know, San Francisco, everything connects. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's and a small so, city. And I was navigating. You know, I was young. But, you know, like I said, when you came out the house, you had to learn how to survive. Mm-hmm. And part of that tough was... neighborhoods in San Francisco. Right. You know, a lot of people often think of the cable cars. Or um, the Golden Gate Bridge, but they got parts of San Francisco that's rough, mm-hmm. and you have to grow up tough. Because mm-hmm. you know, man, I used to go to certain parts. I used to go up to Sunnydale. Uh, I used to go up to Hunters Point, Double Rock Tower, the towers. I'll be over there in Filmo. You know what I mean? Yep. Alamany, the Mission. You know what I mean? And all different parts. I used to kick it up in the TL. And so I mean, you know, there's a lot of parts in San Francisco, man. Army Street. Yep was rough and part of that toughness that you had to know was knowing how to get places you just you, knew, you, just well, know you the bus. smart you know how to move around yeah. but, but not only that because i'm filipino and i would go to other neighborhoods where they was black mm-hmm. predominantly black or uh, uh latino samoan and i'm filipino mm-hmm. and so i had to earn my stripes mm. you know what i mean yep and so but after all the smoke was cleared i got i had got my respect right i got my respect Okay. And, you know, I love my people. I love my people, man, with a passion, with a capital P. Mm-hmm. Because San Francisco, man, is one of the greatest cities on the planet. And I've been all over the world. You know what I mean? I've been to Israel. I've been to Africa. I've been to the Philippines. I've been to New York. And they say, if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. If you can make it and survive in San Francisco, then you can love the whole world. You can change it and love the whole world. I'm just gonna get out of your way and let you. Let That's you talk my about mama. I have chills over here. Heaven. That's yeah. No, I feel you. I mean, obviously, I love the city, but my experience giants, is not like I like your hat, Giants. Thank Shout you. out to the Giants. Yep. The Niners. You know what I mean? Warriors. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Let's uh, let's <laughs> maybe let's talk about your young adulthood. Yes. So now now we've kind of moved through your childhood. Maybe now we're getting into the '90s. Let's say. So I would say mid '80s, okay. mid '80s, uh, late '90s. You know the uh, the era crack cocaine came in, mm-hmm. right? Cocaine crack, and a lot of us who was running the streets. That was our way of making money okay. because it seemed like everybody in any inner city in America was doing it. Mm-hmm. And so I got caught into it, and um, not only I became a good drug dealer, but I became a also a good drug user. Okay. And I ended up being one of my own best customers. Okay. And as high as I went up in the game, I came straight down. Mm. And everything that I uh, I would say that I gained in the game, you know, money, cars, jewelry, mm-hmm. apartments, all seemed like overnight was gone. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And the end of that, that, or that coming down, that was toward the, late, at the end of so the 80s? So my father or? died in 87. Okay. My father died in 87. 
And I truly believe a lot of that contribute by the way I started running the streets and behaving. Right. And I didn't know where my pain and my anger was coming from. Right. Because, you know, me and my father, you know, we, he, he loved me. Him and my mom showed love to me and my family. Ultimate love. But they showed it in a way it was old school because mm -hmm. they worked hard. Mm -hmm. My dad worked. He busted his ass. Mm -hmm. Get up every morning. Rain or shine, he'll be up early. And he was making money to make sure we had a roof over our head, food on our back, and clothes on the table. Mm -hmm. And more importantly, the foundation under our feet. Mm -hmm. And my daddy taught me that. I didn't know that. Right. And so when he died, he just died overnight. Yeah. My daddy died overnight. He had a stroke. And just, you were like about that. 13, I was 14? Young. I was a little older. I was young. Yeah. I was a little older. I was young. But I was still in my teens. And so when he died, I didn't understand it. Right. And I had so much anger and pain, and I felt um, guilty. Right. I felt guilty, man. And yeah. now, from where we sit, you can look back and kind of see that these Straight things up. happened because of those things. Straight but, up. But at the time, you probably didn't know. I was young. Young. And, you know, me growing up equipped. in the hood. Right. And being Filipino, we didn't share how we felt. Right. We couldn't tell nobody. You know, right. I was taught. I'm, I was raised by a soldier. Right. My daddy was a master sergeant. You don't Literally. say shit. Yep. You don't speak. You just deal with the pain. Right. You know what I mean? And right. so I was raised that way. And so when it happened, I didn't even know they had therapists. I didn't know they had people you can talk. I never trusted no counselors in mm -hmm, my school. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't feel comfortable with sharing how I felt. Sure. I didn't even know how to articulate my feelings. Right. You know what I mean? And right. so I walked around like a time bomb. And what coped to me was drugs. Right. Because, you know, as a young kid, man, I was smoking weed, drinking every now and then. Sure. Snorting a little cocaine. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But that was a part of what we grew up in. But when I had it around me, crack was so much of it. Crack of it, was different, right? It show us. Yeah. Captain Kirk was a jerk. One, he was out of work. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, Flavor so. Flavor told me. For real? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about your crash, if you if you will. Yeah. And so uh, I think um, like in the uh, late 80s after the earthquake. Mm -hmm. Right. So I got busted anyway in 88. I got popped. Okay. With a big amount of cocaine. Um, was sent down uh, the county jail. And Juvie or? Uh, no, adult jail. The, okay. Was, you know, down here, yeah. My, yeah, I was in my, teen, my late teens. Okay. Right. Anyway, so. Um, that happened and I would go in and out of jail. I would go in and cause I was on three year probation, mm -hmm. but I would go in and out. I would violate and make do dumb shit on the streets. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Fighting on the streets, mm -hmm. high on the streets. Anyway, I started getting high mm -hmm. and during these times I started making a lot of bad choices, mm -hmm. really bad choices. Mm -hmm. And I would go to jail behind it. Um, and I was lost. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. And so, did you know it? I mean, you figured it out eventually, but eventually, yeah. eventually. But so when I went, when 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 I would go to jail, I would be in there not long enough to find out who I was, right? Because I would come back out, right? And I straight thing I would first thing I would do when I get out, I go get high, right? And so I'm right back on that cycle. But it would back cope to what me. you knew, yeah. And it would cope me, yeah. It would cope me to to bury my pain, like a band aid, straight up, yeah. Straight up, like one yeah. of those band-aids. Yeah. So, so what was it for so, you that broke you out of it? So earlier when my dad was alive, he wanted me to go to college. Mm -hmm. He actually filed my paperwork for me to go to college. Oh, shit. Okay. And so during the process of me going in and out of jail, there was a gentleman named Dennis Ubungan. Okay. 
Filipino guy. Mm-hmm. You remember I told you about Kenny Kip? Yes. He was one of those dudes who was an elder there mm-hmm. that used to come there and teach us. And so he saw me during a time when I was at my low. Okay. And he said, hey, man, I can get you into City College. There's a program here called the ELPS, Extended Opportunity Program Services, okay. Second Chance Program. Right. So I said, cool, man, what's the catch? He said, we'll give you a job here. We'll get you classes here. We'll get you paid uh, uh, a grant, you know, give you money, mm-hmm. tuition. And I was like, let me tell you. So he took me. And when I went up to City College, I seen all the beautiful women. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, man, I was in jail with all these dudes, these ugly dudes. Now I'm going to be up here with all these fine women. I'm going. No brainer. And so okay. I'm there. They had me a job. And he gave me a job, a little part-time job to help get other guys who was in my situation. So oh. I would go to halfway houses. Yeah. 111 Taylor. I would go to some of the uh, jails. I would get with the guys on the block. That's mm-hmm. where I was at. Mm-hmm. And during that time I was there, I loved it. I loved helping other people out. Nice. But I was still Dr. Jekyll and Mona, Miss Rob your ass tonight. Because mm. I was helping people. So maybe you were like starting to be I was on in, fence. in both worlds. Correct. Yeah. And I started kind of like liking what I was doing. And then what really, really changed me is I met a lady who was a Jehovah Witness. A specific on college. Woman. Yeah. Okay. And I really was just trying to impress her. Sure. So I would go to her. Uh, Jehovah Witness congregations, mm-hmm. but I started liking it. Okay, all right. I think I was getting more involved in her at times. Right, and and I started to really feel it, and Jehovah God man started speaking to me. But I mean, I wasn't, you know, like changed all the way at the time. Sure. And so in 1994, you know, I ended up violating, and when I got back to City College, right. There was an opportunity. Uh, there was a, there's a place in, in, in City College. It's a science building. And in there, there's job opportunities. Mm-hmm. And so the EOPS program I was working with had me go deliver some documents over there. And when I went, and I'm telling you a true story, bro, I say this all the time. I'm waiting for them to give me the documents so I can walk back to the EOP office. And there was a job board, and it said, Gang Prevention Counselor Job, mm-hmm. 515 Corley, Bernal Heights Neighborhood Center, mm-hmm. Filipino. So they was looking for somebody who was a Filipino gang prevention counselor wow. at this location. And I'm looking at it, and I said to myself, I'm Filipino, and I gang bang. I qualify for that. It was like, that's it. That's your 415-206-2140, s- extension 139. It was a s- literal sign, but it was yeah. also a sign. It was, a opp- it was, a, it was, it was a like, you know, a yeah. job. It was a sign, sign. It was a sign, sign. And I caught it. Okay. And Mauricio... Vela had me come down. May he rest in peace. My brother, Mauricio Vela. Okay. Him and Joy Ferguson interviewed me. They asked me a couple of questions. You know, you have been locked up. I was kind of like reluctant to answer it because every time I said it, I would not get the job. Right. I was a felon. Right. So I told him the truth. And okay. I said, yes, I've been to jail. He said, cool. Then he said, you know how to speak Filipino? I lied. I said, oh. yep. <laughs> You're hired. So, so the truth and a lie. There you go. Got you in. And so my job, now you got to remember now, Bernal Heights is in District 11. Mm-hmm. I'm from mm-hmm. District 6. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I used to travel around Frisco. So they asked me, your job is to go find all the Filipino gang members. 
Like so all I knew over, they was at all over town. Oh, and no, in District Eleven, just in District because Eleven, because Bernal okay. Heights was serving. Bernal Heights was a uh, nonprofit organization, Five Fifteen Corlin. So it. I knew where to go. Mm-hmm. Balboa High School mm-hmm. went to Balboa High School. It was off the hook, chaotic. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody fighting them, damn near every day. Yeah. Side shows in front, and there was a lady who was a principal, but she was Filipino. Name is Mona Virgin. Okay, she said I need your help because I was up there, I'm Filipino. She didn't know, man. Like, I didn't work there at the school. I right. worked at the nonprofit. Right. But I would go there, and showing up, a big riot broke off between blacks and Filipino, October 8, 1994. When you're there? Yeah. Okay. And so, Shit. big fight ensued. Mm-hmm. Right? After the fight, blacks and Filipinos were getting jumped. Mm-hmm. They was either jumping each other. Jeez. And then, Samoans and Latinos got together, fought the blacks, and... We sat down. I, I was able to get all these brothers at the table with the help of other uh, adults there. Sure, and administration, mentors. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and some kids mm-hmm. who was running other uh, programs up there. Mm-hmm. And we got all these guys in a room together. And they came up with all the solutions to stop the violence, the kids. Who it was came the from them. That's beautiful. And they even named the organization. It was a club. They named the club United Players. Is that where United Players started? That's right. That Bible day. High School from the fight. That was Rudy Corpuz of United Players. Check back next week for part two, which drops Tuesday wherever you get podcasts. Music for Storied San Francisco was produced, performed, and curated by Otis McDonald. Aaron Lim of Bitch Talk Podcast is our contributing producer. And the show is produced and hosted by me, Jeff Hunt. Now in our sixth season, we have more than 200 episodes available on our website, storiedsf.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're able to, please rate and review the show, and drop us a line at storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Keep rejecting those silly doom loop narratives about our city. Stay wacky, weird, healthy, and creative. And we'll see you next time on Storied San Francisco. We acknowledge and respect the first humans of the unceded land we call San Francisco, the Ramaytoshaloni. We condemn the genocide of these and other tribes across the Western Hemisphere. We honor their legacy and history, and we support rematriation and sovereignty efforts. This podcast is a proud member of the BFF.FM podcast network. Learn more at podcasts.bff.fm. BFF.fm, best frequencies forever.